Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. a good idea have a point it makes it so much more interesting for the listener welcome back to at your service brad young in with you for another hour here this evening on camo x thanks for staying up late with us uh, as i mentioned right before the break uh, i don't have any interviews this hour if there's something on your mind give us a call 314-436-7900 i've got more than enough news and funny things to talk about for the next hour but as I often like to say in this time slot, this is what makes AM radio completely unique from any other form of media, is that you get to participate. You can drive the content of the show. You can participate in where it goes, the direction that it takes. <clears throat> you can't do that with a podcast. You can't do that watching TV. This truly is the only medium for that to happen, which is why I enjoy it so much. 314-436-7900. At the, at the top of last hour at 8 o'clock, usually in the first segment, I like to talk about something that's kind of light and not all that heavy because it's always a short segment. But what, as I was reading something uh, during the break, and, and at the top of the last hour, I mentioned that today's International Women's Day. But what I just read during the break, this isn't something I even prepped for the show. I just saw it. But it, to me, it's astoundingly funny and yet tragic at the same time. And that is that today, in honor of International Women's Day, and I'm this sounds like a joke. I am not making this up. First Lady Jill Biden actually gave a, a the, the uh, Women of Courage Award to a transgender person. So... <laughs> She she gives this Jill Biden gives this award for women of courage. I'm going to give you an award on International Women's Day, and she gives it to someone who's not even a woman. And to me, it's out it's outrageous that this stuff that it's it's like the emperor has no clothes. Everyone just kind of goes along with it, and no one can stand up and say, "I'm very sorry." If you want to dress like a woman, you have the absolute freedom and right to do so, and you don't have the and don't uh, others don't have the right to discriminate against you. But you can't force me to acknowledge what doesn't exist. Your chromosomes and your DNA prove you to be a man. And just because you wear lipstick and a wig doesn't mean I have to call you ma'am. It doesn't mean that at all. And yet no one has, no one will stand up and say the emperor has no clothes. That's why during the hearings for now Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson, 
and a senator asked her, uh, Judge, what is a woman? What is a woman? And the judge laughed and she smiled and she said, I don't know. I, I don't know how to answer that. I'm not a biologist. You don't have to be a biologist to answer that question. All you need is a simple blood test to answer that question. And yet no one will stand up, certainly not in the Democrat side of politics, will stand up to Jill Biden and say, I'm sorry, if you want to give this cross-dressing man an award for courage, by all means do that. But you don't do it on, on International Women's Day. And then this was her line. As Dr. Jill Biden gives this award to a man who identifies as a woman, here's what she did, she said. She said, and I'm quoting, up your game, ladies, up your game, ladies. In other words, you need to be doing better, ladies, like this man who dresses like a woman. Then to me, I'm like, whoa, that's like the worst thing she could say, because the only way you're going to up your game is if you change your DNA. When Leah Thomas was competing in, in the sporting events and swimming and he she starts winning these awards and people just think it's OK. And I'm thinking, OK, this is what I'm going to do. Next year, you're familiar with the Tour de France, that big bicycle race in France. Next year, I'm going to buy a Harley. I'm going to buy a Harley Davidson and I'm going to self-identify as a bicyclist and I'm going to go win the Tour de France. I'm going to say, hey, look, I self-identify as a bicyclist. And by the way, I'm passing you at 90 miles an hour on your bicycle going a measly 30 miles an hour. I'm going to win next year's Tour de France. And when I do it, I'm going to self-identify as a bicyclist. And (laughs) I don't know if I'll get any coverage for that, but by golly, I would like to try. And uh, and so to me, it's outrageous that that doctor, because Jill Jill Biden's a doctor. In fact... (laughs) Do you remember during the election on The View? I don't watch The View, okay? I I work for a living. I can't watch The View during the day. But I do see clips from The View. And during the election, uh, I saw this video clip of Whoopi Goldberg, who was saying on The View, oh, Dr. Jill Biden, she's a wonderful physician. Uh, well, she she's not a physician, Whoopi. She, it's a Ph.D. She has a Ph.D. in education, I think. So if she's performing lateral epicondylectomies on the side, we need to contact the American Medical Association because I don't think Ph.D.s are doing surgery these days. Uh, but if anyone should know, if, Dr., if uh, Whoopi Goldberg thinks you have to be a doctor to know if someone's a male or a female, then... Dr. Jill Biden should know the difference, but apparently she doesn't because she gives an award to a man on uh, on International Women's Day. You, you you can't make this up. You cannot cannot make this stuff up. Hey, coming up in the next segment, I'm going to break down the Alec Murdoch uh, decision here from the jury, and I'm just going to highlight some of the evidence because one of the topics that I always find fascinating interesting and compelling is how technology changes our lives in ways that we cannot envision. And there's no place where that can be more easily seen than in the courtroom. And Alec Murdoch was convicted by technology, folks. And I'll break that down for you next at your service. Don't go away. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, 
and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast i don't know if you caught the uh the bumper music coming out of the last uh, segment but here I am talking about transgender issues, and Matt Pajeski goes out with uh, uh, Steven Tyler, Aerosmith, dude looks like a lady. That, that, that was magnificent, my friend. Well done. Uh, we, last week, we've all been covering, the whole country has been covering this and following the Alec Murdoch case. And rightfully so. It's got all of the elements of a fantastically compelling story. You've got a well-to-do financially successful, at least uh, on outward appearances, uh, attorney in, in South Carolina, plaintiff's attorney. He had a dynasty. It was a several generations of, of a powerful law firm in an area of South Carolina where his name meant something. I mean, it's not exactly the same as, as saying that your name is uh, like Augie Bush or something. It's not quite that, but it's close. It's close. And yet, as we got into this case— we learned that it was all a fraud, that he was not financially successful, that he had been stealing money from clients, that he had perhaps even killed other people in addition to killing his wife and his son. And so this compelling case goes to trial and the jury comes back in three hours. But what was interesting to me was, and I discussed this a little bit earlier in the show, this was all circumstantial evidence, circumstantial evidence, meaning 
There was no forensic evidence that placed him at the scene in terms of a fingerprint, blood splatter. There was no eyewitness to the crime. But and but yet there was an eyewitness. And this is what I find interesting about where we are from a technology standpoint, because there was a witness. What convicted Alec Murdoch of murder was the phone of his murdered son. That's what convicted him. And some of the evidence, as I was going through this last weekend, that really didn't get much coverage in the mainstream media. To me, I thought this was so compelling that I I just had to share this with you. Because the first element that brought out, this is probably what got the most amount of attention, is that Alec Murdoch maintained for two years that he was nowhere close to the dog kennels at the time that his wife and son were murdered. That he was in the main house, he was taking a nap, he was nowhere close. And yet it was the cell phone video that his son took that had Alec Murdoch's voice placing him at the kennels at the exact time the murders took place. And so after almost two years of repeated lies, I was nowhere near the kennels. I was nowhere near the kennels. Now there was forensic evidence from an audio from a a video shot with a cell phone placing Alec Murdoch at the place at the scene of the crime. That's the first, the first element of creating something that we used to call circumstantial evidence, but I think in the 21st century is becoming direct evidence, and that is technology. The, the second thing that I think is interesting here is this. One of the things that we know is that if you have like a, a Fitbit or one of these fitness trackers, that those fitness trackers can follow you and track you wherever you are. So there was a case a couple of years ago out of, I believe it was Arkansas, where a guy was, uh, the police came into his house. He was tied to a chair, loosely tied to a chair, and he claimed that somebody came in and kidnapped his wife. And they found the wife back in a creek, and she was dead. And yet what the evidence ultimately showed is because this guy was wearing a Fitbit, they, they had the Fitbit evidence of him carrying his wife to the creek, killing her at the creek, and then coming back from the creek to tie himself up in a chair. Okay, the guy's not obviously not a Mensa candidate, right? But yet that was the first case that I remember seeing where forensic evidence, where circumstantial forensic evidence becomes direct evidence. First time I saw that. We have that here. We have that with Alec Murdoch because one of the things that your phone does is that it it logs a, I think the proper term is a cookie, but it, it logs a piece of data on your phone when your phone changes from portrait to landscape mode. What do I mean by that? If you pick up your phone, if you've got a, an iPhone or, a, uh, or an Android phone, it doesn't really matter. It's a rectangle, right? And if you pick it up where the rectangle is more vertical, that's called portrait mode. And if you turn it sideways like you want to watch a video and get it bigger, at that point, it's, it's landscape mode. Your phone logs every time your phone changes from portrait mode to landscape mode. It logs that as a piece of information. So one of the other elements that was not discussed anywhere that I could find until I was reading about it this weekend was that after Alec Murdoch's wife was killed, after she was shot and killed, 
her phone was picked up and moved. Not only was it picked up and moved, but it was it changed from portrait mode to landscape mode. Now, why did it do that? It did that at the exact same moment that Alec Murdoch pulled his phone out of his pocket and called his wife's phone in order to create an alibi. So now not only do you have the video that's got his voice on it that places him at the kennel, you have a dead woman's phone that has been picked up and handled and changed from portrait to landscape mode after she was already dead. At least the last time I checked, dead people don't use phones. So it had to be, obviously, Alec Murdoch that did that. But he did it to make sure, and it really doesn't make any sense. It shows you he wasn't really that good of an attorney, all right? He's not a very bright guy. But he, I guess he wanted to check and see and make sure that he was calling his wife's phone in order to leave a message that would become his alibi. And that didn't work. But then there was a another piece of evidence that I thought was fascinating that wasn't discussed anywhere, and that's this. Re, uh, the police investigators found the wife's phone thrown in the woods. But what's interesting is, is that at the time that Alec Murdoch claimed he was still taking a nap, his phone records showed that he got into his car, that he drove at a high rate of speed because it tracks how fast you're going, and yet he slowed his car down at the exact location where the phone was thrown out of his car and landed in the woods. So the police could match up where he slowed the vehicle down to the exact location where the phone was disposed of. So to me, when we hear this term that is it was circumstantial evidence that convicted him, it, it may have been. I mean, it wasn't an eyewitness. It wasn't a fingerprint. There was no blood splatters. But it was circumstantial evidence that became direct evidence. One more piece here, and then we'll move on. The video that was shot, uh, another piece of video shot by uh, his deceased son, murdered son, showed Alec Murdoch wearing a certain type of clothing. He was wearing, I believe, a blue shirt and khakis. And that video was shot just a few hours before the wife and son were murdered. He was out, I believe he was out cutting a tree or trying to pull a tree out of the ground, something very benign that Alec Murdoch was doing. And yet, when the police arrived at the scene and came to see Alec Murdoch, he was wearing a completely different set of clothing. So the idea being is that when he killed his wife and he killed his son, obviously you can't kill anyone today without getting some sort of microscopic blood splatter on your clothing. So he either washed that off or he disposed of the clothing, but he had to completely change his clothes. And yet, once again, there was direct forensic electronic digital evidence showing the clothing that he was wearing before the murder and showing the clothing that he was wearing after the murders and the clothing didn't match. And so when you look at this case and you compare it to, say, the case where the guy killed the four college girls in Idaho, That case was also, although not 100%, there was some direct evidence found at the scene, the the knife sheath that belonged to to the defendant was found at the scene, and then there's some dog hair was found at his house in Pennsylvania. So there was some direct evidence there. But the 
But the vast majority of that evidence, and make no mistake about it, he will be convicted. The question is, does he get the death penalty or does he serve life in prison? Those are the only two options here. But in that case, he too was, the crime was solved by technology. And so we, we have this, especially if you're, you know, you're, you're a middle-aged person like me. I mean, I, I grew up in the 70s where I was watching Columbo, and it was always this a smart guy who had to figure out and put all the pieces together. I'm not trying to diminish that. What I'm saying is, is that today we still have smart people figuring out crimes, but the technology that's available is overwhelming. And it's not just that it's overwhelming, but that most of us don't realize what that technology does, how we're never away from it. My kids, you know, they, they, they just don't even worry about privacy problems because their attitude is, eh, well, there's no privacy today anyway. That's why they don't care about TikTok. I'll be talking about that before the show's over as well. But I don't think most Americans understand the length, the breadth, and the depth of how our technology tracks us, records our data, and can later be used to piece together every move that we've done, every place that we've been, everything that we have been involved with. It's truly an amazing development and an evolution of crime technology that simply didn't exist a generation ago. Does that concern you? Does that bother you that that phone that you've got in your pocket that you want to you know, sell stuff on Facebook Marketplace is tracking your every move? Does that concern you at all? Or do you just take it for granted like a 20-something and say, yeah, we got no privacy. Who cares? Let's get back to watching the Cardinals. I mean, is that your perspective? Let me know what you think. 314-436-7900. Open phones at your service. X. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. 
Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Well, are you troubled by the fact that technology can put you in prison? Is that a, is that a problem? Is that a concern for you? Or do you simply not care? 314-436-7900, call or text. We've got a lot of texts in this evening. I, I try to always respond to texts during the show, during the break, rather. Sometimes I can't keep up, but uh, I appreciate your texts, appreciate your calls, and, of course, appreciate you listening here on Camo X. Barbara's been holding through the break. Hey, Barbara, welcome to the show. Oh, yes. Thank you, sir. Um, what really got the Alex uh, convicted was his story kept changing. If something happens and a, a traumatic situation happens where some, two people are murdered, um, the story should be the same. The what, what happened should be the truth, and it should never change. It will be like a broken record that you'll keep saying the same thing over and over, and you get tired of hearing the same thing that happened. And that's how you know that, you know, mm-hmm. it's the truth, you know. D- didn't we learn that from our parents when we were little? I mean, tell the truth, stick with the truth. I mean, that's an enduring piece of wisdom that too many people just forget to follow. Yes, exactly. So the, I don't know why his story kept changing, if he was covering up for somebody or if he really did the murders. Well, Barbara, his story changed, and I I literally have no doubt about this. His story changed because if he told the truth, he would have been in prison two years ago uh, because he did it. I mean, the evidence shows that he did it. He was convicted of it. The the forensic digital fingerprints prove that he did it. And so he had to tell a lie. But this is one of those circumstances, Barbara, where it really should have been, from his perspective, I don't want to talk about it. This is too traumatic. I'm not going to discuss it. Uh, But he thought he was too smart. He thought he was a very smart attorney, and he thought that he was the smartest person in the room, and he thought he could fool all the police, the judges, the prosecutors, and a jury. And it turns out the only person that he fooled was himself. That's true. And, you know, there was a lady, she she didn't kill anybody, and she was the first person that got hung in the state of Missouri. And basically, she said the same story over and over again. She didn't even know the guy. And basically, the story did come out later on that somebody else murdered the guy. The guy on his deathbed said he murdered the guy. But the story never changed. She even said when they took her to the gallows gallows, that she did not murder this person. Well, it it may be an example, Barbara, of an innocent person who was wrong, wrongfully convicted. So her story could say the same because it was the truth. But with Alex, Alec Murdoch's situation, his story changed because he was a liar, liar, pants on fire. I mean, that's the reason why his story had to change. Uh, and yet, you know, again, we just forget those enduring truths that we learn as children. And I'm glad that you haven't forgotten that. Thank you for listening to me. Oh, sure, Barbara. Love talking to you. Call anytime. Okay, bye. Uh, I, I've been getting a lot of of texts in here, and I'll have to, to try to catch up with you during the break because I always uh, respond to texts and emails. If you ever like to send me an email, again, my email address, beyoung at harrisdowell.com. That's H-A-R-R-I-S, 
as in Sam, D as in David, O-W-E-L-L. I got to tell you, I, I had, this was even before I went to law school. I had this secret wish. And when I tell it to you, you're going to say, my goodness, Brad is a strange, weird little man, and he has my pity. But this, but this is what I always wanted, because I, whenever I would be driving, and I would see the cops in the middle of the lane on a highway pulling people over, right? And I would always, still to this day, I'll flash my lights at the oncoming traffic to let people know that, hey, there's a cop ahead. You better slow down. And I can remember one point, I was very young. My wife, we just got married, and I think my wife said something to me about, you know, you could get arrested for doing that. And I just remember saying, oh, I wish I would. I so wish that I would get pulled over and arrested for warning people about a police sting operation for speeders. Because talk about your quintessential First Amendment case. You are arresting me for speaking. You are, Mr. Police Officer, arresting me based upon the words I am saying. Is that what you're doing? And, of course, that's exactly what we're doing. The reason why I bring this up is there was a, there was a case, and I love I just I just wish this would have been me. That's my only, my only regret, regret here. But a guy was arrested in Connecticut. What happened was he went a little further than I do, or than I do. Uh, he was arrested in 2018, and what he did was is he, he found a speed trap in Connecticut, and he made a sign, you know, Sharpie and a cardboard, and he holds up this sign that says, Cops Ahead, near a police checkpoint. And the guy, I love this story. So the cops come, and they arrest him, right? They come up to him. They say, you can't do this. He says he can, and the cops steal his sign. They don't arrest him at first, but they steal his sign that says cops ahead, and they tell him, go away and stop doing this. So what he does is he gets a bigger piece of cardboard, and he writes it in bigger letters, cops ahead, and he goes to a different spot still prior to where the sting operation was going on. So then the cops come, they confiscate his sign, and they arrest him for obstruction of justice. And the case goes up uh, to the district court where he was found guilty of obstruction of justice, guilty for just speaking words. He was found guilty of a crime. Apparently, they, the judge there missed the whole First Amendment thing when he or she went to law school. Just, you know, we just started with the Third Amendment and skipped the first and second, I guess. But it goes up on appeal. The decision came down just last week. And they reversed that decision, found him not guilty, and and now they're going to see whether or not he can successfully sue based upon the violation of his civil rights for being arrested for doing nothing more than giving an opinion that says, cops ahead. It was true. It was a true statement. And I'm glad that he that he litigated this. But what's interesting is, is I read the I read the decision from the court in Connecticut. And in that decision. They, the, the Court of Appeals quoted from a 1987 Supreme Court ruling in Houston that said, and I'm quoting here, the freedom of individuals verbally to oppose or challenge police action without the risk of arrest is one of the principal characteristics by which we distinguish a free nation from a police state. So I, I you know, that's exactly right, but I'm, I'm looking at a text 
And I got a, I got a text uh, from someone that says, dude, I'm a cop, and that light flashing is terrible for safety. Well, okay, all right, you got me, all right? Maybe that is terrible for safety. But there's nothing wrong with warning people to slow down. That's really, aren't I actually doing a public service? If you want to flip it around, the cop is in the middle lane to force you to slow down. So when I flash my headlights at the oncoming traffic, aren't I doing the exact same thing that the police officer is doing, which is forcing drivers to drive more slowly? So in that sense, I'm really doing a public service is what I'm doing. I shouldn't be arrested for warning that there's a cops ahead. I should be given a medal and an award is what I should be given. So, okay, I, maybe I'm, you know, flipping that around a little too much. But, uh, and then someone else texted in and said, yes, you could be warning a real bad guy of law enforcement, helping them to evade capture. Well, they're speeding, okay? If you're doing 62 and a 55, are you really a bad guy evading capture? No, you're just, you're just late to pick up your girlfriend for dinner, and if you don't get there on time, she's going to be mad at you the entire evening. Uh, that is not a crime. So I, I have to, I have to disagree with you on that one. But I just, to to me, and I've talked about freedom of speech so often on the show, because to me it is the bedrock of our society. And if you are an individual who then goes and interferes with the police. If you interfere with what the police are doing, that is obstruction of justice. But speaking words is not an interference. If you block the cops, if you run from the cops, if you interfere with the police doing their job, yes, you are obstructing justice. But speaking words that say cops ahead is not, is not interfering with police activities. It's not obstruction of justice. It's an exercise of your First Amendment rights. You know, there was a case... I've talked about this often on the show from the 1970s where the American Civil Liberties Union represented an individual who was a racist Ku Klux Klan member. And he wanted to to protest in the city of Skokie, Illinois, which is a primarily Jewish community. And he wanted to espouse his racist, his heinous uh, beliefs that Jews are somehow not human. And he was arrested for that. And the ACLU represented him. And the ACLU said we could not disagree with him more. I think his lawyer was actually Jewish, by the way. I I don't remember that specifically, but uh, I'm 62.4% sure. So in this instance, though, the, the ACLU's position was, even though we disagree with what he's saying, we will always uphold a person's right to say it. And I feel the same way. I mean, even though this guy is racist, this guy was uh, a bigot, and he was saying hateful things, the, the ability to control speech you don't like is the same ability to control speech that is, can be used for political purposes. And we've seen it done right now. We've seen how social media can squelch conservatives online and even squelch any discussion of the origins of COVID-19, even though now that's the prevailing view of the United States government, that COVID came from a lab leak in Wuhan, China. And yet, me, I personally got a show, I was doing a show on another radio station, and we were live streaming on YouTube. We were kicked off because 
I mentioned something about the, this could come from a lab leak. We got kicked off. So that's that's censorship. And we know from uh, we know from Elon Musk and Twitter files that the FBI and the federal government, the White House, was actively involved, even paid three point five million dollars to Twitter to be involved in order to censor speech online. So I don't care. I don't care that uh, the speech is something I agree with or don't agree with. That's what the First Amendment says. And that Mr. Police Officer, uh, and listen, I've got a high regard for police. I truly do. So he, he texted back in and said that speeder could be a revoked driver and have warrants or worse. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. He could have those things. But it doesn't change the fact that I have the right to speak according to the First Amendment. doesn't change any of that in this instance. But in any event, I think uh, the, the court's attempt to prosecute people for warning speeders are hopefully, hopefully behind us. Hey, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, I want to talk to you about U.S. senators unveiling a bipartisan bill to ban TikTok. And it may sound funny, Brad, you just talked about the freedom of speech, but now you're going to talk about banning TikTok. What's the difference? Stick around after this break, and I'll explain it. At your service, Brad Young. Don't go away. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays, too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We are rolling in uh, for the last segment here on Camo X on At Your Service. And hopefully we're not breaking the speed limit uh, as we do that because we don't want to violate the law. One of the things, speaking of laws, we've got action both in in, in uh, Washington, D.C. and in Jefferson City because, of course, uh, uh, newsman extraordinaire Sean Michael Lyle just came in and filled me in on something I wasn't aware of how we've uh, we've got bills that are very similar being introduced both in Washington, D.C. and in Jefferson City regarding TikTok. So I'm going to start with, with the one in D.C. because I, I find this a fascinating example of how something that seems similar is actually different. What do I mean? There was a dozen U.S. senators unveiled a bipartisan bill yesterday that would, would really essentially give the president, whether that's President Biden or any future president, the legal authority to ban any type of social media platform that raises national security risks. And the national security risks with TikTok are immense. They're truly immense. The ability for these, for TikTok to get private information, location of your where you are, track your location, get information that's on your phone like Banking information, social security number, date of birth, where your banks are located, stocks and bonds and all the information that you keep on our phone, TikTok potentially could be giving all of that information to the Chinese government. And there have been many states, including Missouri, that has banned any of TikTok from any devices that are state owned or government owned. But now in Washington, and I'll talk about the one in Jeff City in a moment, we're going to that next step of saying not only will we ban the use of TikTok on government-owned devices, but we want to empower the president 
to literally ban the platform if it amounts to a national security risk, which I think TikTok is a national security risk. So this is a bipartisan bill, and I I didn't see, I couldn't find any indication as to whether the White House has indicated whether they will sign it or not, but it still has to get through the House, it has to get through the Senate. That still could be a long process. But as I was talking about this today with a friend of mine, he raised the point. He said, well, Brad, you're such a vocal proponent of free speech. And Brad, you have come out against all of the censorship that's occurred on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and elsewhere. How can you be for something like this? And I thought that was an interesting point because I am a zealous free speech advocate, regardless of what that speech is, whether it's to the right or to the left or to the extremes on either side. I like the marketplace of ideas. But in this instance, how can you have that belief and yet be supporting of a ban on TikTok? But here's the difference, and this difference, I think, is significant. If you look at the censorship that's occurred on social media over the past two years, again, whether it's Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, not TikTok, but Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, and elsewhere, that type of censorship is content-based. In other words, if you were espousing the lab leak theory, you were kicked off because the left said that could not happen. And so we're going to kick you off for espousing a, an opinion that is contrary to our opinion. If you make a statement about masks and saying, well, I'm not sure that masks actually do anything. Uh, the coronavirus is smaller than the size of the mask. So doesn't that mean the coronavirus gets through the mask and isn't blocked by the mask? If you would have espoused that two years ago, Again, you're kicked off of social media. But if you go on and say, well, I believe that schools should be shut down because of COVID. I believe that people should have forced vaccinations to prevent them from getting COVID. And I think that renters should be prevented from kicking people out of their homes, uh, if they, even if they don't pay the rent because of COVID. All of those things prove to be false, every single one of them. But if you said those things... You weren't censored on social media. So it was a content-based censorship. But what's going on right now with TikTok isn't content-based. It's not like the bill says, you know what, if you're doing a dance video to a Taylor Swift song, we're going to ban it. We're going to ban it because we hate Taylor Swift. And by golly, if you dance to a Taylor Swift song, you're out of here. We're going to ban that from TikTok. No, that's not going on. There's no content-based censorship that's being proposed, what's being proposed is, is that we can't allow a national security risk to be walking around on the devices that we carry in our pockets every single day. And so as long as it's not content-based, I don't see a First Amendment problem with that because you still have the freedom. You can still shoot some stupid video of you dancing to some song that nobody cares about, and you can still post it on YouTube. So it isn't as if your speech is being squelched. You still have that opportunity to express that idea. The only thing that's being prevented by banning TikTok is the stealing of your data and the transference of information to a foreign hostile government that could use it against you in particular and the United States in general. So I don't see it as being 
anywhere close to being the same thing when you talk about banning TikTok and preventing other social media platforms from conducting censorship that is based on the content of your speech. I don't see those as being the same in any way. And perhaps you disagree. Uh, I'm not sure that we have a lot of time for phone calls here, but if you'd like to text in, I will certainly like to hear your opinions on that, 314-436-7900. Now, I did get a couple of texts from Mary Lynn, thank you, Mary Lynn, saying we should ban TikTok and China should pay for what they did. And I'm presuming by that, Mary Lynn, you're talking about pay for what they did with regard to letting uh, COVID leak from the lab in, in Wuhan, China. I think they should, too. But I don't know of any legal, legitimate legal mechanism for making China pay. Josh Hawley, I believe. uh, No, I'm sorry. It wasn't Josh Hawley. It's our current senator uh, from Missouri uh, who filed as when he was the attorney general. uh, He filed a lawsuit against China and tried to sue them through the Hague, I think. But that that was doomed to fail because there's no way to for one country to sue another in a circumstance like this. It's just not allowed. And I believe that was more done for political purposes than for legal purposes. But when I've had this conversation with my daughters, I've got three daughters, and when I've had this conversation with them about, because they all love TikTok, they all use it, they all watch their friends, and then they, they're going down the road and they're taking videos of themselves, making stupid faces in the camera, and then they share it with all their friends. Okay, fine. You want to do that all day long? Fine. Knock yourself out. But when I tell them about the potential privacy issues with TikTok, they don't care because their attitude is, you know, listen, I got no money. I got no job. Who wants my data? But it's not about the content of your data. It's about the ability to take it. And that, to me, is what's concerning. So in Jefferson City, A similar bill is being filed today that would also allow the governor potentially to ban TikTok. I hope those are successful because your data is private and people shouldn't have it unless you allow it. And uh, and people are using TikTok shouldn't have their data stolen. Hey, coming up at 10 o'clock, we've got the best of Dave Glover. I'll talk to you next week right here on Camo X, Brad Young. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with a vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.